Hey everyone and happy Celiac Awareness Week. This week we are going to talk about the difference between celiac disease and gluten intolerance and I think this topic is really relevant for Celiac Awareness Week as when we self-diagnose with gluten intolerance what is happening is we're potentially missing an opportunity to diagnose celiac disease and treat celiac disease if that person has celiac disease. So I think a really good um, point for raising awareness around celiac disease is to be able to differentiate between gluten intolerance and know the difference and know why it's so important to make sure that you either rule out celiac disease or you get diagnosed with celiac disease before you dive into looking at gluten intolerance. Now, before we dive in, a few things. I am on the back end of recovering from a cold, thankfully not COVID. So I just wanted to apologize if my voice is a bit nasally. Um, I can't do anything about it and I apologize if it's a bit annoying to listen to, but we will be back better next week. Um, The other thing which is super duper exciting is that we have now officially launched the Instagram for Fueled by Marika Day, which is so, so exciting. Um, so the Instagram handle is at fueled by Marika day. So if you head on over there, you'll start to notice that we are populating the feed. Uh, and what you'll find there is that we're going to start posting, um, recipes, nutrition information, just everything that field is about is going to start filling up that feed. Now that means that we obviously are getting closer to launch. I'm not going to tell you just yet a launch date because I don't want to tell you the wrong date. Um, But if you aren't already registered for foundation memberships, what I suggest doing is jump on to www.fueledbymarikaday.com, pop in your email address and you will be first to find out when we are launching. You will know everything there Um, and obviously we'll be sharing across socials as well, but we're going to be doing a foundation membership offer. So make sure that you pop your details into the website, into fueledbymarikaday.com. So the theme for Celiac Awareness Week this year is around raising the awareness between the link of celiac disease and iron deficiency, which for me is very personally fitting because it was through getting diagnosed with iron deficiency that I eventually did get diagnosed with um, celiac disease. So that was how my journey began. Now, if you want to know more about like my personal story with celiac disease from diagnosis and onwards, I have recorded an entire podcast episode on my journey with celiac disease, and that is episode number 15. So if you'd like to find out more about my personal journey, then what I suggest you do is after you finish this one, pop back and listen to that episode. So that's episode 15. Okay, so to begin with, I wanted to explain exactly what celiac disease is, because I think it's something that for the general public is still quite confusing. I mean, I'm still asked quite regularly, you know, what is celiac disease, Um, particularly from people who obviously don't suffer it or are even newly diagnosed. So celiac disease is actually not a food allergy or a food intolerance. Rather, it is an autoimmune condition. So people who have celiac disease experience an immune response when they eat gluten-containing grains. And so what essentially is happening in this autoimmune response is that the body is essentially attacking itself in the presence of gluten. 
And celiac disease is actually one of the most common um, autoimmune conditions that we do see, particularly here in Australia. So in Australia, around one in 70 people have celiac disease. So it's quite a common condition. However, it is estimated that around four out of five people with celiac disease remain undiagnosed. So what that means is that there are still quite a lot of people out there who have celiac disease and have not been diagnosed and may still be suffering symptoms or may not be treating their celiac disease properly. Now, I guess the concern with that is that if left untreated or not treated properly, then there is health complications associated with an untreated celiac disease, particularly over time. So this includes health complications like nutrient deficiencies, um, premature osteoporosis, abnormal liver function, infertility, and poorer pregnancy outcomes, and even an increased risk of some types of cancers. So it is really important that we either get the celiac disease diagnosis or we rule out celiac disease so that then you can move on and try and identify what else might be causing these symptoms that you might be experiencing. The really interesting thing that I found working with celiac disease and obviously having it myself over the years is the symptoms that people experience with celiac disease vary so widely. So for example, myself, I my primary symptoms were fatigue and that was obviously as a result of the iron deficiency. I didn't have a lot of gut symptoms, but gut-related symptoms are relatively common. So be it bloating, be it discomfort, diarrhea, or even constipation. So it can go both ways. Um, But there's also, you know, rashes and skin conditions that can be associated with uh, celiac disease, as well as a whole range of symptoms across the entire body. So it's for this reason that it is really quite underdiagnosed because obviously those symptoms overlap with a lot of things and in particular overlap with things like irritable bowel syndrome or people just self-diagnosing, well, gluten doesn't make me feel good, therefore I'm going to cut it out. Now, in order to be diagnosed with celiac disease, you do need to get a um, small intestinal biopsy. So that is where they put a camera down your throat and they'll have a look at your small intestines as well as taking a biopsy to send off for lab results. Now, before you get to that stage, your GP will um, do some blood tests. And if the blood tests come back positive, then that's when they'll send you off to get that biopsy. The tricky thing is that you must be eating gluten for at least four weeks, ideally six weeks in the lead up to getting that blood test done and getting that biopsy done. Because if you are not consuming gluten during that lead up period, then your small intestines will start to repair themselves because you're not getting that um, immune response that is attacking itself. And that means that the repair starts to take place and you may miss being diagnosed with celiac disease because it will come up as a false negative on the bloods or on the biopsy because you've already eliminated gluten. So it's really, really important when we're looking at diagnosing celiac disease that gluten is consumed in the six weeks, as I said, ideally prior to um, prior to testing. Now, a lot of people ask me about, well, I've already cut out gluten and I can't think of anything worse than eating it. Um, I was exactly the same. I'd sort of reduced it down and I had to bump it back up and it was an uncomfortable month, but we got through. Um, but the other option is, and it's not diagnostic. So I guess it just puts another step in place that you can 
identify if it's possible that you have celiac disease is you can get a um, a gene test done. So it's a HLA gene testing that your GP can do through a blood test. And what they will do is see if you have this gene. Now, if you have this gene, it means that you may get celiac disease at some point in your life. It does not mean that you have celiac disease. Um, and if you do have that gene, then the only option there is to introduce the gluten and then to do the testing as a result. However, if you do that gene testing and you don't have the gene, then it's very unlikely that you would actually have celiac disease. So I guess it puts in another step in place that you can potentially avoid doing the gluten introduction if you really feel like that's going to make you feel unwell. Okay, so on the flip side then, what is gluten intolerance? So there's two things that I like to think about when we think about gluten intolerance. There's been a lot of in the research, I guess, like arguing, arguing, arguing around, is there actually a thing called gluten intolerance or is it actually a wheat intolerance or what we'd get to if we sort of dive deeper into that is, is it a FODMAPS issue? So it's not actually the gluten and it's actually not the wheat. It rather, it's the fructans, the FODMAP, the carbohydrate component of the wheat that is causing the issue in some people. And that is, I think, a large portion of um, of people who do experience what they would probably call gluten intolerance. And I guess the good news with that is that obviously it's not celiac disease. Um, and what that means is that consuming gluten, if that is the case, is not doing damage to your gut. So the concern with celiac disease is that when you are consuming gluten, it's actually causing damage to your small intestines and it is increasing the risks of those conditions that I mentioned earlier. Whereas if you don't have celiac disease and you've ruled that out, but you feel that you have a gluten intolerance or a wheat intolerance or a FODMAP issue, then consuming wheat or gluten is not going to be doing damage to you. So yes, it may make you feel awful. It may give you diarrhea or make you bloated, but there's no damage being done to the small intestine or the bowels or anything like that. So you can then choose how much you want to consume and how frequently you want to consume it based on your own personal tolerance level. So that I think is one of the key differences between um, celiac disease, obviously, and gluten intolerance. Now, there is some research to show that there is a very small subset of people who experience what's called non-celiac gluten sensitivity. Now, this is different to, again, both of those that I've just mentioned. And what happens in people with non-celiac gluten sensitivity is that they don't have the markers that you would for celiac disease. So when they do the biopsy, it comes back negative. It all looks fine. There's nothing um, wrong with the gut in terms of the intestines are looking healthy and functioning healthy in that way. But when we look at some blood markers, particularly around inflammation, that these people have higher levels of inflammation in their blood. Now, inflammation is a word that is thrown about far more frequently than it should be. Um, inflammation is something that we can actually measure in the body and the blood as opposed to a feeling. Because I know a lot of people talk about inflammation, like I feel really inflamed or when I eat gluten, I feel inflamed. You can't actually feel inflammation in this sense um, in your body. It's something that needs to be done via blood testing, via 
um, testing with gluten and again, ruling out celiac disease prior to going into this scenario. So between celiac disease, irritable bowel syndrome, where there is a FODMAP issue, which is related to fructans, which is then related to wheat, which people then get confused with gluten. So to clarify that a little bit further, gluten is the protein component of wheat, rye, barley, and arguably oats. And we'll have a post about oats coming on the Fueled Facebook page, sorry, Instagram page and Facebook page on Sunday, I believe. Um, But yes, so gluten is the protein component of those grains. Whereas fructans, or when we're thinking about FODMAPs, are the carbohydrate component of those grains. So they're slightly different things that are causing the symptoms and the reaction within the body between celiac disease and irritable bowel syndrome. And then, as I mentioned, with the non-celiac gluten sensitivity, we're then, again, specifically talking about the gluten, so the protein. So what does that mean then in terms of treatment? So for celiac disease, unfortunately, the only treatment is strict adherence to a gluten-free diet for the rest of your life. Now, strict adherence means that you cannot have any gluten, not if you feel like it, not if it's just one time, not if it's just a mouthful. It means trying to avoid all ways that you may even be able to get cross-contamination of gluten in your diet. So it's really important that you do um, take measures to be really careful at limiting gluten exposure through even things like crumbs from chopping boards and those sorts of things. So that's why, again, it's really important that we do get that diagnosis of celiac disease because even in something like non-celiac gluten sensitivity or in IBS, you don't need to be as strict because it is an intolerance, which means that there is a tolerance level. And I think that's one of the easiest ways to sort of think about intolerance is that most people with intolerances will have a tolerance level. It might be quite low for some people, but in celiac disease, there is no tolerable level there. So the risk is that if somebody just assumes that they have gluten intolerance and doesn't get tested for celiac disease, they may not be worried about being as strict with their gluten-free diet because they may think, oh, well, it doesn't really matter if I have a little bit, like, you know, it doesn't give me that bad symptoms. But in celiac disease, even if it's not giving you bad symptoms, it can be doing and probably is doing damage to your intestines and increasing your risks of those health complications. So on the other hand, if we're talking about FODMAPs being the issue, then The good news is, like I mentioned earlier, is that you can have small amounts that are tolerable to you, or if you want to have large amounts and just put up with the symptoms, then that's also fine as well. The difference is because, like I said, it's the carbohydrate and the protein. There actually are different foods that somebody who has IBS and a uh, FODMAP intolerance to the fructans FODMAP specifically. So what the difference is, is that some things that contain gluten may be low FODMAP and then therefore may be totally fine for people who have IBS and who have um, FODMAP related issues, but are obviously not fine at all for somebody with celiac disease. So an example of this is like spelt and spelt bread and spelt flour. Spelt can be quite fine for many people who have gluten intolerance or who have Um, a sensitivity to fructans, but in celiac disease, it is an absolute no, 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 no. It contains gluten. It is gluten and would never be suitable for somebody with celiac disease. 
What often happens with people who have gluten intolerances uh, is that they also are fine, like I mentioned earlier, having these small amounts. They don't need to be as careful checking things like, you know, sources and whatnot. So some of the really like sneaky hidden sources of gluten for people with celiac disease are things as little as like soy sauce contains wheat, unless you're getting a specific gluten-free one. Whereas somebody who experiences gluten intolerance might not need to be as careful at making sure that they are checking the labels on absolutely everything that they're eating. They might be okay with just going, okay, well, that's obviously got gluten in it or it's obviously got wheat in it. So therefore I won't be having it. Whereas somebody with celiac disease does need to be reading the labels of essentially everything that they are eating. One of the other things that having worked in IBS for so long, I have noticed is that people with IBS and with Um, intolerances to FODMAPs and fructans is that their tolerance level will shift over time. So they might be really intolerant to, or, you know, have real gut issues with consuming wheat-based products at one point in their life. But then, you know, a couple of months later, it might be completely fine and that they can start to introduce these things again and feel a hundred percent again. Whereas again, with celiac disease, that is not something that is possible. That is not something that unfortunately can ever happen, which is so depressing as somebody with celiac disease. But maybe one day in the future, we'll have some miracle cure for celiac disease where we can go out and eat all of the delicious things again. Um, What was I saying? So yes, in um, gluten intolerance, there is going to be potentially shifts in your tolerance load over time as well. So that's something, again, just to be aware of if you have ruled out your celiac disease and you just know that gluten doesn't make you feel good. Alrighty, so where to from here? If you are somebody who has identified that gluten makes you feel like shit, then my first suggestion is that going to your GP, going to your doctor and getting an appointment to speak to your doctor about this is your first point of call before you cut out gluten, because you don't want to, like I said earlier, cut out gluten and then have to reintroduce it because it is a bit awful having to do that. So first thing you want to do, go to your GP, make sure that you're consuming gluten in the lead up to getting those blood tests done. And let's rule out celiac disease before you do any elimination diets or any sort of testing um, in terms of testing of what you're consuming before you rule it out. Let's get those blood tests done and rule out celiac disease. One thing that I'm going to add in here is that it was always worthwhile, I think, particularly for females to get your iron levels tested at that same time, because Iron deficiency, as I've mentioned, is something that goes hand in hand with celiac disease because of the poor absorption of nutrients as a result of celiac disease. And iron deficiency is something that is also more prevalent in females as well. So again, something to um, sort of pick up on if you think you might be going down that path of celiac disease. Anyway, if you have any questions relating to celiac disease, relating to Um, gluten intolerances then please feel free to reach out on the instagram page so at fueled by marika day or my personal page uh, at marika day and i'd be more than happy to chat with you there Um, again just reminding you that we have launched that instagram page for fueled so please pop on over and give it a follow if you haven't already and make sure that you register your details at fueledbymarikaday.com Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Have a wonderful week ahead and happy Celiac Awareness Week.